if you have a goal, set it and take a step every single day. Even if some days that that is a day where you say, today I can't do it because today I'm tired or today it's just not possible. Doesn't mean I have to do double tomorrow. It just means that I didn't take a step today, but I'll take a step tomorrow. Progress is just, it's putting one foot in front of the other. It's you keep, keep taking those steps and progress will come your way. It's like, um, what is it? Consistent effort over time equals results. That's the science. And you mentioned a minute ago about the magic bullet. And it would be so easy to think there's a magic bullet with overcoming your mental health, overcoming weight issues, whatever. It's not. The magic bullet is a slow release bullet. It's a slow release pill. It is consistent effort over time gets you to your results. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. I'm so excited to share this week's episode with you guys. I have my very, very lovely and talented friend, Emma Guns, on the show for you. Emma is widely known for her incredible podcast that I very much am honored to have been a guest on, The Emma Guns Show. Her podcast has reached over 10 million downloads. It's lived on iTunes' top 10 charts and has landed features in Stylist and Cosmo. Emma is also a remarkable beauty, health, and lifestyle writer. She's a presenter and also a brand consultant. She's been actively working as OK Magazine's beauty editor for 10 years now. In addition, some more of Emma's writing can be found in popular publications such as Women's Health and The Telegraph. What I love most about Emma is her raw and real approach to self-development and all things beauty and health. This episode gives you a very refreshing insight into a deeper sense of self-love, self-compassion, operating with purpose, self-awareness, leaning into vulnerability to actually fortify yourself and operating from your most authentic self. It really is a rich episode. Some of the topics Emma and I dive into are the ability to receive compliments without deflecting them, seeking the fights in life to reclaim your personal power, setting strong boundaries and overcoming the impulse to people please, career fulfillment and the art of surrender, body image, weight loss, and self-ownership, consistency and incremental progress to reach big goals and so much more. Honestly, this episode feels like it's going to give you the exhale that I'm sure many of you have been waiting to release. Um, You know, it's full of empowering emphasis on self-worth. It's a subject that I can never get tired of speaking on. And I just love Emma's viewpoints on it. I really believe that you're going to fall in love with her as much as I have. She's the most beautiful representation of what honest beauty looks like and true ownership of your authentic self. So please let us know if this episode impacted you, if it hit your heart, Um, share it on your stories, tag both Emma and I, her handle, my handles, all in the show notes. You definitely want to follow her. Her story posts are so awesome. She always does um, sort of like a Q&A with her community. 
And her community is so amazing. They really just love her. And and it's very understandable once you start, you know, when once you get into her community because she's so there with them. She communicates. So ask her any questions, um, and I promise you she will answer. I see it all the time. And, yeah, uh, you know, comment uh, in the IG post. DM us privately if that's your route of wanting to connect. We are here for it. So also one last request. If you have not already given this uh, podcast a five-star rating review, please do so. I've put a very easy link for that in the show notes to make it very painless and easy for you. Um, and I appreciate it. My team appreciates it so, so much. So without any more words, please enjoy this beautiful, beautiful conversation with my beautiful, beautiful friend, Emma Guns. Hey, you guys, if you've been following me here for a while or on any of my channels, you know, I am always talking about the power of journaling and specifically what it has done for me and continues to do for me in my life. With that said, I am so excited to officially announce that my guided and illustrated self-actualization journal, You Are the Path, is out for sale. I have been working on this for quite some time now with my incredible, talented artist friend, Emerald Paget, and I could not be more excited for you to experience this journal. To make it very clear, this is not your typical kind of stationary item of journal. It's more of a book, and it is so visually stimulating. You Are the Path holds space for you to unravel, unleash, investigate, hypothesize, affirm, inspire, fortify, to essentially create you and all aspects of your life. You can literally stretch out and run free within the vast open pages. So in this journal, you have seven guided and illustrated sections led by five thought-provoking questions and prompts that evoke exploratory thinking. Of course, you're welcome to ignore them, but they are there to anchor you because talking about journaling for some time now for to so many people, I've learned that journaling can feel daunting to some people. Like you don't know what to do or where to start. So these journal prompts and questions are there to just anchor you in and help you get moving through the pages. Um, each section also has a personal quote for me. And again, the artistry in this journal throughout the journal by my girl, Emerald Paget is absolutely incredible. It is there to evoke your imagination and all your senses and really just take you into deep parts of your mind and your heart. So the final section offers 20 blank pages. So the other sections all have lined pages in them. And this is really special for me because I've never come across a journal that had both. And throughout my journaling practice for almost the entirety of my life, um, you know, I've really needed and wanted both. Uh, so I'm just excited to give you this opportunity to be able to sketch and just let your imagination run free on these blank pages, but also have the beautiful structure and, you know, refinement of, of lines for you to just, you know, script out your heart. So again, this journal is absolutely a mystical experience. It's a mystical adventure. I want you to just drop in and to ultimately connect with your highest self, your authentic self, your intuition. And this journal is meant to facilitate that process for you. So to shop this journal, go to blackbeltbeauty.com. It's right there at the top menu. You'll also be able to see some visuals of the journal. And I just, I know you're going to love it. So let me know what you think and enjoy the path that is you. 
Um, how's his hair? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, let's just start with that. I mean, let's actually that's a, exactly. And it's, it's actually the perfect um, way to kind of roll out this conversation that I'm so, so excited to have with you, Emma. It's just what I, what I think is so funny is just, um, the authenticity, like just the realness of just, I'm just here in space with you and so excited to just, it's like girl talk for me, but then mm-hmm. everybody who listens or watches gets to take in really the the magic and the brilliance that you are. And I know, well, I don't know how you feel about compliments. So embrace yourself. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to roll <laughs> some out here. Um, you know, I, we met you, you had me on your show, which was such an honor and truly one of the most incredible conversations I've had for so long, such a, such a pleasure to be in space with you. And I, you know, you, you're so captivating to me, um, for so many reasons. And I was just saying before we started you know, I, I just wish that we lived closer because you, it doesn't always feel this way. Um, I mean, I bring on incredible guests, but it's not to say that every single guest as incredible as they are is someone who I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just, I want to hang out with you. (laughs) I want to just, I want, I really want to develop a real relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. a lot of, of that for me with you specifically, and this is what I really want to dive into with you, the intangibles that I, I gained from you. So this, I mean, just authenticity, your level of self-awareness, um, your heart, like in the, in the journey that you took me on in our episode on your show, I felt you so curiously and passionately and authentically there with me. And that really, in, in my opinion, always really cultivates more of a connection and an incredible conversation. Um, so it is, it, that is my intention with you as well, but I, in this talk, so now I'll stop my rant and, and just, um, hand over the mic to say, thank you so much first and foremost for, for making time to be here with us. And I'm just, I'm really excited to, to tear into all the magic that you are. Well, it's such a pleasure. And can I have five minutes to go away and hide and be embarrassed and then come back? <laughs> Isn't it so, you know, I know it's so hard for women to, to, my mom told me that at a very young age, my mom's such a legend, such an incredible woman. And she always, you know, she was, she pointed out to me, women have such a hard time accepting compliments, you know, like the minute somebody says to you, you being you, me, any woman, it's like, oh my gosh, you look so beautiful today. What does a woman do? And this is not me mm-hmm. picking on women. Cause I'm, I'm saying I do this too. I've done this plenty of times. Uh, but then automatically the response is, oh my God, I have my hair today. Or there's like some kind of negative. This is so interesting. It's like so hard. We immediately minimize it. We immediately, uh, sort of suggest it might be a fluke or that um it's the light or you know mercury's in retrograde so it must be that um so rather than because i think it is really it is an uncomfortable thing to say thank you and actually sort of when i'm amongst my really good friends we all have quite a dry sense of humor we're all kind of we like to think of ourselves as jokers if someone says to me 
my God, Emma, you look really good today. I'm like, no, I know, but I would never, but I would say that with my friends because we all know that we're deeply insecure and we would never accept a compliment in the real world. But, but to each other, we just, we are sort of the caricatures of what we think we should be. But yeah, those are the only people I would, and it would be a joke and I would immediately follow up with, yeah, it's the light. It's, um, have you had your contact lenses checked? That kind of thing. It's so funny. And I, I don't know, you know, really where that, where that really comes from, but you know, there is this whole kind of the law of circulation, this, this kind of, um, you know, receiving and giving. And I do think that there's something in that piece there where it's like, it's hard to receive for some mm. reason. And I, I don't, I don't know where that comes But when my mom told me that at a, you know, it was years ago, it really stuck with me in a way where I was like, well, I don't, I, I want to accept. So now, you know, one of my best friends in particular, it's funny because we admit it's hard, you know, still to this day, but you know, when, when we exchange compliments, we catch ourselves and we're just like, I receive, <laughs> I receive. It's so important. Well, because I think one of the side effects of, of not receiving is that you're not noticing what other people are noticing. And as we all tend to be really quite hard on ourselves, I know I am, I'm my own worst critic. If I'm not noticing what other people are noticing, then I'm never going to, in my head, really make any progress. And that's a, that's a work in in and of itself, isn't it? Like you have to stop making that progress for yourself and saying, actually, I did that. And I'm really proud of that achievement, but having someone else notice what you're doing as well can just be those benchmarks or just those signposts that maybe if you're not acknowledging what you're achieving, just, just leaning into maybe accept the compliment really politely but then think about it and think oh actually I think that's to maybe just let me know that I have been putting a lot of work into that area of my life whatever that might be whatever they've noticed I'm glad that not only am I feeling it but it's obvious to other people that's a nice add-on so beautiful so powerful Mm -hmm. and the ultimate you know kind of setting the table for for where I want to go with you because like I'd mentioned these intangibles, listen, your career capital is incredible. You know, beauty journalist, consultant for years, your podcast, you know, over 10 million downloads. And and there's obviously so much that we can dive into in in that space. Um, But where I really, really feel inspired to go with you, and because these pieces that I'm going to pull on with you, I feel, you know, in my world, it's like who we are creates our life right? It's not our life creating us. It's, it's, it's who we are inside. Right. So if you don't have these, we'll start with this and then I'm going to let you riff. And that's going to be a lot of what goes down in this conversation. I literally just want you to just go on a tear with certain subjects. Um, you know, if we don't have strong levels of self-awareness, I, I just don't think that it's possible to authentically create a life of fulfillment because self-awareness from my perspective, and I'm going to pass the mic to you and have, have you go on a tear with it. It really, first of all, it's anchoring you in your truth and it's anchoring you in this ability to be connected to self and to life. Right. And there's a lot of other things I could talk about, but I really just want to pass the mic to you. Can you talk about the importance of self-awareness and how that has evolved for you in your life. Because I know that there has been 
a lot of hardship and we'll dive into that, but just, um, yeah, go self-awareness girl. Self-awareness is a really interesting one. And it's so funny that you mentioned that today because I just, I took an hour about, uh, after lunch today and I was reading a book, uh, with a view to having the author actually on the podcast. And it's essentially, it's talking about meditation and awareness and the way the awareness that we create within ourselves and how disjointed it can be if your locus of perception is outside of yourself, meaning if you uh, value yourself or you only ever really see yourself through other people's eyes, because then you're just acting in a way to, to see if they respond in a way that you like. And I would say that that, that was exact, that was how I lived for very, very many years until basically I just ended up in my late thirties, essentially having a breakdown and just kind of having to stop because I was just so desperately miserable because I was constantly looking for an external validation. And I think that's what, if you don't have, so I'd never built the muscle of self-awareness. I'd never asked, I'd never really looked and thought, are you making good decisions? Are you proud of what you've done today? Was that a really nice way to treat that person? Is this really what ha- what's happening in this situation? I had built this kind of fantasy world of this person thinks that I had no proof of it. And because my mind was quite negative, I was building up a very neg- negative narrative around how the world was viewing me. And then trust me, as an individual, you don't act well if you have built that in your mind because you wake up and you're instantly at war with what you think is happening. And right. so, yeah, and, and it's hard. And that, and I tell you one thing as well, that you wake up and you expend a lot of emotional energy every single day if you have created that that uh, prison for yourself. It's a mental and an emotional prison. And it takes so much energy to get up in the morning. Every single interaction feels like a fight. Every single thing that you do feels harder than it needs to. And one of the greatest things I've experienced from having therapy and working on it and taking that time out and doing, doing the work, the the work that continues, it's a process, not a destination, but is it, I don't know if you feel this, but it's easier. If you cop to what you are and who you are and you accept the bad stuff and you commit to work on it and you acknowledge what the good stuff is, as we're talking about accepting compliments, if you acknowledge that and then try and amplify that, actually it's a lot smoother. There's much less friction in how you move throughout the world. I totally agree. I think, you know, I mean, it's never, like you said, it's a, it's a process. It's life work. Um, even when you get really strong, I think in, in your levels of self-awareness and facing yourself, there's still going to be so many moments, new moments that come at you in life that are going to test you and ask you to keep kind of digging deeper and expanding on it. And you have to be willing to do that work. And I do think that when you, when you are, you know, when you're really invested in that work, it does become easier. Like the hard becomes easier because it's more of, I think that it's more difficult to resist against it. Even if you're not consciously aware of it, it, it's, it's like, I always say, it's like insidious to you. It's, it's this kind of pebble in your shoe that turns into Mm -hmm. a boulder, you know, but when you face it, there's, there's something about the relief there. Yes. You still have work to do and it's not easy or fun but it it alleviates this pressure, um, and this discomfort, I think, uh, which allows you to, you know, to, to move through it and to, um, to become just stronger in this, in this 
connection of self, this awareness of self. And, and like you said, it, it, it is, it gets you out of that prison. I think that was so beautiful how you, how you frame that because it, I think it is so imprisoning to be um, someone who doesn't have this consciousness is creating these stories and these perspectives. I can go on and on, but yeah, mm. I just, yeah, no, I think that I do agree. <laughs> Let me stop there. Cause I'll take us into rabbit holes. <laughs> no. And I, I do think it, I do think it's true. And I think that's, that's one of the things that is almost a surprise to me is that I used to try so hard to do the right thing all the time. And I was doing the wrong thing all the time, trust me, because I just wasn't self-aware. I wasn't, I never, at no point did I, and no one actually sits you down and teaches you this, I don't think, but at no point did I ever think, did I ask who I was? Yeah. I, I knew who I wanted to be, but I did, yeah. I was never connected to who, who I actually was and flaws and all. And I think, I think you, in that headspace, you can uh, blame the world. So you don't get the job that you want. It's because that person didn't like you or because they didn't like the clothes you were wearing. You can create this nonsense rather than, do you know what? Was I prepared for that interview? Was I the best candidate? Actually, did I not get the job because I will be far better suited to the next opportunity that comes my way? I don't know. But that even just saying it, like if you say, I didn't get the job because I didn't really get on with the boss and he was, he seemed to have a prejudice against me and maybe didn't like my clothes like that. You hear it. And then you say, maybe I shouldn't have got, it's a completely different tone. It's much lighter. It's brighter. And that's just kind of how your head can change. Oh, so two things I, I I recorded a solo. So yesterday that I just felt so inspired from a, a, like a five mile run and and I, I, I literally, and I will send it to you just because it's incredible <laughs> what you just said. I it's, you know, one part where I'm talking about rejection mm-hmm. and when you are facing rejection, you know, you can go this way in your mind or you can go this way and you just framed a couple of things. So that's, that that's one thing. But the other thing that I want to, um, and now I kind of want to pull in some strings here is, um, a couple of things. Number one, you said, I used to try and do the right thing all the time. I'm curious to what the right thing was. So one question there. Second question is when did, like, what was your process? Like, or was there a moment where you're just like, enough is enough. And I have to start, I really have to start going inward. I need to start asking myself questions. I need to start understanding who I am. Like, can you, can you kind of move us through that process? Cause I feel like there's so much gold in there with you that I want to share. Okay. So the first part of that in terms of, um, what was it? Uh, What did I think doing the right thing looked like? Exactly. I would have to say, and as you said that, I thought, oh gosh. And then this came into my head, which is kind of ugly, but I guess I thought it was winning. I guess I thought doing the right thing was being the best, winning, like being popular, being, being the best. Yeah. And actually that, I mean, even just think about that. If you're constantly thinking, how am I, how can I be, like, you're making a really big rod for your back. You're making life a lot harder than it needs to be. Like there are days, and we talked about this before we started recording. There are some days where actually it's okay to take your foot off the gas and be okay. You don't need to constantly be. And so that kind of constant, it was like being it's like writing a check that my life couldn't cash if you like. So it was, I was always in second gear, but with my pedal to the the accelerator to the floor. So there was always like this angry grind, like, you know, so many thousand RPMs of me going, I want this, but just not really not being in the right gear, not being in the right lane or anything like that. 
And then the second part of that question in terms of when did I do the work and when did it start and how did I develop all of that? I think I got to my late 30s and I had been out of my magazine job for a long time. And every single job that I'd ever left, I'd I'd left with a cloud over my head because I hadn't been a great version of myself. And that's not a comfortable thing for me to admit now. Um, But it's true. And life wasn't going where I wanted it to go, like genuinely. And I just, but I just remember thinking, I'm just desperately unhappy. And I remember there was a significant, I remember speaking to a friend who I'd worked with on the magazine, who I'm still very good friends with to this day. And I phoned her up in tears and just said, I can't remember what I used to be like when I was on the magazine when I had my dream job, because it was my dream job. There was there was a part of me that felt like I was on top of the world. And I would think that because I had this title, I was now important because I was so detached from myself that I put all of my, all of my worth into a job title. So you can see how it was uh, not helpful. Yeah. And I said, I can't remember how I used to act. I can't remember what that, I couldn't do that. If you put me in a time machine and took me back, I I don't have it. I've lost something, something's gone. And she said, I think you need help. And I remember going to my doctor and explaining what I was going through constantly feeling unwell, very, very emotional, very uh, tired, very crying a lot, just feeling very desperately low. Um, And I'm sure anyone listening can imagine that the depths of the darkness that that can go to. And I must've gone back about four times in the space of six months or something. And we got to the point where he said, if you come back and he talked about diet and exercise and what have you. And he said, if you come back again, I am putting you on antidepressants. And I tried to say to him, I don't think you understand. I'm not here because of a chemical imbalance in my brain that I need to have fixed with antidepressants. I'm here because I have made really bad life choices and I need to, I need to learn how to make good ones because I know that if, because I know I was on a downward spiral and I know that if I can just learn those building blocks, I will, I will get out of this. And so that was when I went into talking therapy and I, I was very, very lucky, Roxy, because I mean, I know lots of people find a therapist and maybe don't gel right away. I mean, this therapist was just, it was sent from heaven, if you yeah. like. It was just the perfect match. And we did, for 18 months, we just worked. And I remember the first time I sat in a session, just crumpling down and just, I'm worth nothing. I don't want anyone to see me. I have, I've made so many mistakes. I I don't even know how to show up in my life because I'm so embarrassed now. It's like all all of, I feel like I have to atone for my past because, you know, that kind of thing, you know, when you, you know, when you've been really, really drunk at a party and then the (laughs) next time you see your friends, you just like, I'm so sorry. It just felt like a really (laughs) big, I'm so sorry about the person I had become. So, uh, but it was good work and it was good to, I was very pleased that I realized that the biggest problem was actually I'd been kind of freewheeling and I needed to put something in place so that I didn't freewheel because when left to freewheel, um, it did not take me anywhere I wanted to go. So, you know, when I hear that, I think, and this is something that I love to talk about a lot, but just intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic, you know, like, and, and, and obviously part of my conversation always is this internal validation versus external And, you know, I just don't think that you win when you are operating. And obviously, you know, it took you to some dark places where it's like, 
you're reaching for that validation um, from the external and you are completely disconnected and overlooking yourself and what you can produce from yourself for yourself. Um, but when you make that switch, I mean, now, now you start living, right? I feel like that's, you know, another way to kind of frame mm. what took place for you, right? Because I, I do feel, and this leads into another thing that I really want to dive into with you, but, um, you know, I, listening to your episodes, listening to you and your, your, your art, I call it heart work. Um, you are, that. yeah, well, it's, it's true. And it's, it's, it's certainly true with you because I literally have chills right now. It's so special. Um, because you are, in my opinion, you are, you are crafting your work from a place of deep purpose. And I feel like, and I'm so curious to what you think on this. Um, you know, I, you go through life and I think, especially in your twenties, like we're so aggressive and we're, we're kind of operating from skill. You know, when I look back at my makeup career, it was like, it was all about skill and I'm an entrepreneur and it's a freelance and we have a lot in common mm. actually like, Oh my goodness. Um, but you know, I was always like, so not overly, but just reaching to, to really, uh, develop my skills. Right. And it was, I was running adjacent to purpose because, um, when, when my clients would sit in my chair, we would philosophize about life. I would talk to them about, you know, all things that would help to, um, fortify your health, your well being, right. Which is everything that I'm doing now, right. All of it. And so I was running adjacent to purpose. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, I launched black belt beauty and then podcast and all that, that like, now it's just complete purpose. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, um, and, and it's not to say that you don't have skill being applied when you are operating your career from deep purpose, you certainly do. But, um, you know, when you, when I think back or just from taking in your stories and, and kind of like your, where your career used to be operated from, you know, there's a lot of like that skill, like you're always kind of reaching to be the best, like you said, and to, you know, gain all the things that come with the best, um, as you, as you amplify that skill. And, and, and I'd love for you to talk about this specifically. And then you, you launch your podcast. And I know from what I've learned, you know, the podcast, when you launched it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like this, like deep purpose driven thing. But I feel that the journey that your podcast is taking you through literally like put you into deep purpose. Cause that's all I feel from you when I take in your episodes, like so much purpose. So that was a lot to throw at you, but, um, you can handle it. So <laughs> your take. <laughs> well, do you know what's funny? So yes, the reason why I started the podcast ultimately was because I didn't feel, I didn't feel um, I'd always felt like a bit of an outsider in media. And again, that could be something I made up in my own mind, but I worked on OK Magazine, which is very much seen as a tabloid. It was seen as, but by the time I left, it was kind of more gossipy. And so I, so whenever I tried to get on any of the glossy magazines, it was always like, even though I knew, trust me, I knew I could do those jobs, but um, I'd been freelance for a little while and I didn't earn great money when I worked on the magazine because, uh, 
I don't know if you know this, but a million girls would have done my job. So it's very, very hard to get a pay rise when you're the beauty editor of a magazine and you go to celebrity events all the, all the time. And it was one thing to kind of not earn a great deal of money when you're on a magazine, but it became very scary when I was freelance and I was like, the money situation got super bad. And I started the podcast because I tried a few other things. I just realized I'm not going to make a living writing for magazines. I'm just not. Yeah. I it, Because I would have to be writing so many features a month. And when you work out, like it's five days to turn around a feature or three to five days to turn around a feature, when you work out what that is a day, like part of me, arrogantly probably, but thought my day rate should be more than that. Like, I don't want to earn that a day. Like, come on. But so I was in financial straits, trust and believe. But I started the podcast without any idea of making money, how I would, how I'd monetize it any way at all. So there was some somewhat of a calling though, in terms of creating that content because, and I didn't really piece it together until maybe the podcast was six months old, but prior to starting the podcast, I had been listening to a lot of Ferris. I'd been listening to a lot of Lewis Howes and I had been listening to interviews with people who were extremely successful, but who had really colorful stories about how they had navigated success and failure. And they gave me a deep, deep source of comfort. Like one of my favorite episodes of Tim Ferriss is him talking to Triple H. And to Triple H, whenever he gets off uh, international flight, he goes straight into a gym. And it was that kind of headset I wanted to get into because that's a winner's yeah. mindset, isn't it? It's like, screw you, time difference. I'm going to, you know, it was just... <laughs> and I wanted to tap into that kind of mentality and being a beauty editor for such a long time, I had great contacts in the beauty world. And one of the things that I know, I'm sure you know this too, is when you're writing for a magazine, you will interview, uh, I'll interview a brand founder and you'll get to sit with them in a five-star hotel and they'll tell you about how they started their brand and then they'll introduce you to the new product. You'll take it in a, away in a lovely bag wrapped in tissue paper, maybe spritzed with some fragrance. And that's your experience. And then you write the piece and it's basically the name of the product, the price and the ingredients and maybe how it might make you feel. And the thing that really struck me for so many years was the most interesting part of all of those one-to-ones with those incredible people who started brands, like names that you might not have known then, but like really know now, household names like Charlotte Tilbury, is this, that story. That There is no blueprint for success when it comes to starting a beauty business. And most beauty businesses don't start with investment. They start because somebody who is a creative, James Reed is a really good example. So James Reed here in the UK, he spent years, he has the most luxurious tanning brand, but he spent years in the basement of one of the big department stores on Oxford street doing, doing tans for people. And yes, he did loads of celebrities, but he spent many, many years in a windowless room doing tans on people. And he was like, there should be a better way to do tans. Tans need to look natural. It shouldn't be about doing that 16% super bronze, deep, dark tan. I want to create something. And that's what he did. And that story was something that I really wanted to put out into the world. Because if you have, if you, someone said to me on the podcast recently, this incredible guy called John McAvoy, who was in prison for armed robbery and is now a Nike sponsored triathlete. Like his story of wow. ascension is insane. I need to hook you up. It's incredible. Yeah, please. Yeah. And and he said something on the podcast, which was, you can't be it if you don't see it. And I know it's an audio platform, so I've just said you can't see it if you can't be it if you don't see it. But 
hearing these stories, hearing other people's experiences, suddenly it does that thing. It suddenly opens up a gate and you realize what's possible. And you realize, well, if someone else can do it, then there's absolutely no reason why I can't. And I think that's what the podcast started out as, although I didn't realize. And also I was heading very quickly towards a breakdown. And so I would get in front of brand owners, really successful people. And I would say, how did you navigate failure? How did you navigate the hard times? And when I listen back, it's like, oh my goodness, the first six months were me just asking for help. It's basically like SOS. Please, somebody give me the signpost out of here because I'm struggling. Oh my goodness. I feel that so hard. You know, I... (laughs) I remember in in the kind of earlier parts um, of my makeup career, again, freelance, for those who aren't aware, it's like you you hunt for your work, right? You're you're kind of never safe, but that's also what taught me um, what real security, where you really cultivate security from. And that's from within. It's not Mm -hmm. from the external. So when, you know, example 2020 hit, I was like, yeah, I'm groomed for this shit because this has just been my life, you know, Mm -hmm. but the, the specifically, um, what was so fun for me to take in from what you just shared is, um, I remember as this, you know, striving to get to the top makeup artist, freelance artist who, you know, all I ever saw was the highlight reels, you know, of, of these makeup artists who, who, you know, like incredible, you know, Pat McGrath, it's like, cool. Love the highlight reel. So important to know what's possible, but tell me what the fuck you did when you didn't know where you, your money was going to come from to pay your rent. Because that's where I'm at right now. And I, mm-hmm. I just, I need some like hope here. I need some clues here. <laughs> help, yeah. you know? And so I, I just, I feel that so hard. <laughs> You're kind of asking for help. You're like, can I get some clues here on how yeah. to keep, yeah. Just a breadcrumb, just a breadcrumb, just anything. <laughs> just anything. <laughs> but you also said something there, which I think is another reason why you and I kind of had this instant chemistry is this. You said I was striving to be the best. I was striving to get to the top. And I think that also can be such a lot of pressure. And I definitely felt like I, I got a job on a magazine and I didn't get a job on a magazine to be comfortable. I got a job on a magazine to then become the editor of a magazine. You know, I got, I wanted to have an incredible career trajectory. I I had set a really high expectation for myself somewhere along the line. And I don't know if you feel this, but I feel as though I would say, probably, I would actually say until I hit 40, all of the dreams and aspirations I had up until 40, it was kind of like you didn't have any business expecting any of that because you hadn't put the time in. Now, my friend, you've put the time in. And there was like, uh, not long after my 40th birthday, I was doing um, a consultancy project and it was a very low quality working environment. And I was very, very, uh, I just didn't really enjoy the process of anything. And there were some really bad attitudes and I was prepared to walk away from it, even though it paid good money. I, I, by that point, I thought, you know what? No, I'm walking away from this. And the reason I walked away from it was because I knew in my soul that if Mm -hmm. I stayed, I would have so much attention focused on all the people who were giving me a hard time on the fact that the project wasn't meeting deadlines on the fact that we were facing so many challenges that I wouldn't see the golden opportunity that was right here because I'd have my, I'd be looking in the other direction. And I will tell you this, my friend, I quit that job. I walked out. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to complete this contract. 
if that's a problem, I'm sorry, but I think you know that this is a difficult working environment. Two weeks later, I broke even on the podcast for the first time. I mean, so, okay, okay. (laughs) There's so much in that. I mean, one thing that's just kind of beaming through my mind right now is like the power of authenticity. You know how I feel about that. And you know, I'm always talking about that. Listen, you... We have every single day we get opportunities, right? Sometimes they're very small and kind of hard to sense. um, And other times they're big. Like in that moment, that was a big opportunity for you to decide, am I going to operate? Am I going to choose to be loyal to my most authentic self right now? Or am I going to choose to be loyal to, I I frame it as like the fear, like, yeah. money. Right. Well, because it's fear. It's like fear of losing something, you know, losing the money, losing the recognition, losing the, you know, whatever it is. And I love that you chose to be loyal to your most authentic self. And I love the kind of happy ending Mm. that came from that. And I think that that's so important because I think more people, um, choose to be loyal to the fear and don't give themselves a chance to experience the wonderful, the empowerment that comes from saying no to the fear and choosing their most authentic self. And it's, I, and I would love for you to speak on this, but, you know, I feel like it is so addicting when you, when you continue to be loyal to your most authentic self, it becomes in my world, it's impossible to not be like, no matter what hard comes with it, it's like, I'll, I choose that hard eight days a week over the insidious damage that comes from, you know, not being authentic to self. So I'd love for you to speak about that and authentic self. Yeah. Well, you and I both like to start our day with exercise. So let's just put it this way. It's like when you, when you are doing it for the right reasons, it's like doing, doing an exercise with perfect form. Everything comes together, all the right muscles fire. And it feels really good. And then the next day it feels fantastic. But following the fear or doing things, it's the sunk cost fallacy, isn't it? It's, well, I've already put in so ever many months, so maybe it'll come good. And that's not trusting yourself because I, I very much believe this. I do think that if you get to a point where you want to make a decision, whether it's stay in a job, stay in a relationship, take an opportunity. If someone said, oh, I'm going to sort this out for you. I'm going to flip a coin. And it's, you already know which side you want it to land up. That's what you've got to listen to. And the thing is as well is, yeah, do you know what? Sometimes you're going to make a decision and maybe you're going to look back and think, I shouldn't have done it that way. But the thing that you have to build, and this was the biggest thing for me, and this was like the day when I had a bit of a breakthrough in therapy where there were tears and I was like, oh my God, it was a Shawshank Redemption (laughs) moment having crawled through the the sewers. (laughs) It was like, Oh my goodness, it'll be okay because I've got my I've got my back. I'm gonna make it okay. Yes. And I'd never put that, I'd never put that piece together before. Like it's, it's gonna be okay. Cause I, I'm here. I've got you. I mean, listen, you're speaking to my heart, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I well, let's let's go into the the training bit, but I I, I can't remember <laughs> if I shared this with you, but you know, I um, I don't think I did but it kind of fits perfectly in this. Um, you know, I used to subscribe to, cause I get it. I get it. Like the, the, there's always like layers to things or I think in layers as a better way to frame this. So this, this idea of like, um, you know, I don't compete with anybody. 
I just compete with myself. It's you, it's me versus me. It's you versus you. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't compete with anybody. So like that made sense to me. And then me being the fucking crazy deep thinker, just like peeling back more layers, you know, I like, I, you know, like just witnessing myself when I train, whether it's the long distance sand runs or whatever it is I'm doing. That's, you know, the more those beast mode moments where I'm like reaching from the depths of within me to keep going. And I think to myself, I'm listening to my self-talk. There is nothing about my self-talk that is competing with myself. I am fucking cheering myself. I'm girl, queen. In my world, like bitch is endearing. Like bitch, go, come on, Roxy, come on. I love you. Like we got this. And so I'm like, it's not you versus you. It's you got you. I got me, right? And that's, I love that you just, because, and please speak to this more. Um, Again, it's like, I just want to keep throwing you this mic (laughs) to riff because please talk about the power of that pivot. And what that has done for you, what it did for you in that moment, I know you kind of, you know, explained it a little bit, but just to expand on it more, because I feel that once that happens, like once that clicks, this is where you really come home to yourself. And to me, this is where you start to, and it's not perfect, but it's you, now you're on this path with yourself where you become unbreakable because you always have this you're in you're in true teamwork and partnership with self please speak on that yeah I mean I think as much as it can be a a momentary realization it can be all the all the sort of things fall into place you're like ah okay I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay because I'm here takes a while to kind of practice that and and to sort of live it like you can know it but if you have previously kind of lived in opposition to that it can take a while for those muscles to to build that you have to flex them for a little while I think I don't know if that's been your experience too and there are still times when I wobble and I, I I think what's really interesting is when you do have those shifts in mindset uh, the people in your life who fall away and the people who are suddenly much closer to you. And that to me is just like the energetic thing. Cause it's not that you have yes. to put any effort into it. It just sort of happens. If you are, it, yeah, that was a very interesting one for me. And I feel very lucky now because the women that I'm surrounded by in work specifically, like I, I mean, you know what it's like in beauty, it's very social. So I've worked in it yeah. for 20 years. Like most of my friends are friends that I've met from media and the beauty industry. They are all really strong women who aren't afraid to use their voices. And if I'm ever faltering, I have friends like my really good friend, Caroline Hirons, who will say, don't have a wishbone where you need a backbone, Emma. Teach people. <laughs> yeah. And she'll say, uh, teach, teach people how to treat you and things like that, which can be, and I think uh, we can fall into this habit of being, I want people to think I'm nice. I want people to think that I'm nice. And actually that doesn't, you don't have to be mean to set boundaries. You don't have to be unkind to set boundaries, but it's important to set boundaries. And if you're constantly letting people walk over you, as I did previously, uh, then you're not going to get very far. Well, you don't get far at all. So I think realizing that you have you is 
dust, getting up, dusting yourself off and putting one foot in front of the other and trusting that you're going in the dark, in the right direction, not asking anybody to point you in the right direction. Although it is nice to have those friends who sometimes say, come on, keep going. But actually I'd rather surround myself with friends who say keep going than friends who told me what to do. I don't know if you feel the same way. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't have any friends that tell me what to do. <laughs> I mean, first of all, everybody knows that I'm going to do what I want to do. So I think that's first and foremost, friends, family. Uh, but I do have a strong council and I'm very proud of, of everyone that, you know, is in this council because they're all lions and leaders and they are all, you know, there's so much reverence and, and that reverence is, you know, nobody worries about me. You know what I mean? Which is a beautiful thing. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I mean, it's beautiful. And it's also, it's not to say that I always have the answer. Or it's, it's always so clear to me. Um, but you know, the people in my life are certainly like you just said, they're, they're more of, I love you. I'm here for you. I'm holding space for you. And I fucking believe in you. You, you just keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I wanted to pull on there, I mean, boundaries is such a huge, it's, it's, it's so important and it really is you know, the difference of, of, of living empowered or not, you know, it's essentially what you're saying yes and no to. And you said something, you know, the people pleasing and, you know, letting people walk all over you. I mean, when, when we really start to come home, this is just how I frame it. When we start to come home to ourselves and we start to put in that self-awareness work and really start to connect with who we are, um, we start to develop true self-worth, mm-hmm. self-compassion, and in that, that's, that's lives in the whole conversation around self-love. And that's something I want to talk to you about your journey of self-love and how that has changed. Because I know, again, um, you know, there, there has been a lot of, um, hardship in, in your life, you know, with body image, with, you know, anxiety, depression, all these things. And I'm mm-hmm. curious to, you know, when you started doing that work and really coming home to yourself, um, you know, what does, what did and does self-love look like, um, the evolution of it as you started to kind of move yourself more into an empowered state and come home to yourself? That's really interesting. So I think there's a couple of things in there because just in talking about boundaries, which I do think are really important with self-love because it's, it's basically, it's you knowing what you will and won't stand for. Previously, I was very stubborn. So I was either being doing everything other people wanted or I was being stubborn and not doing what they wanted. But at no point was I checking in with me. So I was, did you understand what I mean? Like I was either living totally. to people, please. Yeah. Or as soon as they annoyed me or I felt like they'd taken it too far, I just shut down. Yeah. So it was just, so it was just, but it was always about the other person. So those boundaries became more about what will I say yes to? What will I say no to? What will I accept? And that, so I think that's a big distinction. If someone's listening to this and they think, I don't know how to put boundaries in. I think one of the biggest things I would say is don't be stubborn. Don't just say no to make someone else's life difficult where you've previously made it easy. Think about what makes your life easier. What makes your life more difficult and make your decisions from there. Not about what, because people pleasing is lying because nine times out of 10, you are saying yes when you mean no. And so the <laughs> discomfort. Yeah. No, because <laughs> so it's huge. It's so true. Sorry. Yeah. So so the discomfort lies within you. You're lying, but you're lying to please other people. You're lying because someone else might feel better. But what's the cost? You feel worse. So 
there's that. And then in terms of the acceptance, yes. Yeah, so you're referring to, I have struggled my entire life with my weight. And I, I, I feel uncomfortable saying that now because it's kind of so obvious, but it was a struggle. And so I'll keep Wait, using sorry. that vocabulary. I have to, I have to pick on that for a minute. What do you mean? Sure. It's so obvious. What does that mean? Oh, it's so obvious. Meaning, um, like the, the science of losing weight is, is science. So it's, it's absolute. It's kind of like, it is what it is, but obviously that's a very, it's a muddy terrain. So for me now, the way I did it was, uh, by monitoring my calories and that really worked for me, but it didn't work for a long time because it is a very difficult thing to navigate because it's not just about the calories. So that's why I say it's obvious, but I'll, I'm, I'm getting, my, I'm tying myself in knots. So I'll go back to the beginning. So as a kid, I put on a lot of weight at around age 11 and a lot of it was to do with hormones. I had a, a PCOS polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a lot of people have it. So, uh, it was just something I had. So I put on a lot of weight, got terrible acne, lost hair, had terrible facial hair. Like, I mean, it was not, it was, I'll send you some not pictures because it was not fun. Yeah. And uh, that developed, that I didn't get diagnosed till I was about 17. And then I was put on the pill and my hormones were leveled out. But so for five years, I had this going from being a petite little kid to being like the kid who was bullied for being fat, the kid who was bullied for being beardy. It was, and I, yeah hated myself anyway and I didn't I have a great amount of self-esteem or whatever so it was just not it was a tsunami of bad stuff and that just kept going and I remember um when I when my first boyfriend broke up with me the first words out of my mouth and this is going to break your heart I think the first words out of my mouth were is it because I'm fat (laughs) how old were you that is so sad (laughs) and I put it no and you have sorry I want you to please keep going because yeah. So that what I think I'm using that and I'm sharing that story candidly to give you a signpost of where my head was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, but that had just continued and it had just been, I had been very successful with weight loss several times through exercise and diet, but then I would inevitably go back to being overweight again. And this was just a cycle that just kept going, kept going, kept going. And when I went through therapy and what have you, I actually felt a lot better about myself. And so there was used to be a bit of a cycle of, if I look back through my twenties and thirties, I can look at pictures, like when I'm lower weight, I can tell you where my head was, when my heavier, I can tell you where my head was. And because my head and my body, well, the way my body looked, I should have been really depressed, but because my head was a bit better, I didn't. So there was for the first time, this disconnect anyway, cut a long story short, I was just going back and forth. Always. I never used to keep food in the house because I didn't trust myself around food. If I went to a buffet, I was terrified. I would go for long periods without eating and then think, well, I haven't eaten for a whole day, so I'll have a big dinner. You know, and it was just, there was no rhyme or reason to it. And I was, and it sounds really silly. It's so bizarre to try and explain it because I know I'm not a stupid woman and I've written many health articles over the years and I've interviewed some of the best fitness trainers in the world, people who train all the A-listers and what have you. So I'm not, so all the evidence has been put in front of me for many, many years, but I couldn't, for some reason, there was an issue. And essentially what happened is in 2019, in the summer of 2019, I decided to have breast reduction surgery and I was a great candidate for it because I had, um, as my surgeon said, heavy pendulous breasts and so that they would benefit from a nice lift and a reduction and indeed they did 
But at the back of my mind, there was some kind of expectation that if I suddenly didn't have these matronly wench-like boobs, that I would look slim. Mm. And let me tell you, Roxy, it's quite a hard, quite a hard day when you look in the mirror and you've spent your savings on your boobs. And the first thing you see is your massive arse. And I fucking love you. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. You are so amazing. What a... F- I can... I, <laughs> and I don't know how you're going to take this, but I'm like, I can see you in that moment. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. No, just like, oh, my goodness. So is this... Was that the... Was that kind of the point where you're like, Oh, okay, we we gotta. Weirdly what happened? No. <laughs> well, no. So, ba- so basically, yeah, it just like you suddenly have these great surgically designed boobs on a body, and you're like, my gut was big, my and my ass was big, and my thighs. Big. So everything that el- everything else that I hadn't focused on suddenly was like thrown into uh, sharp focus. And I thought, okay, and I went into panic mode. And panic mode for me had always been restrict exercise. It was like mm. seven days a week run 5k seven days a week and restrict your food. No, no chocolate, no sweets, no nothing. Like not that I, I've never really been a sweetie chocolate person. Actually, my, my oral self-harm has actually probably been with overdosing on healthy in inverted commas food, just eating too much. It's never been about the junk. Um, and so I kind of went into panic mode. The back of my neck went really hot and I was like, Oh, (laughs) from tomorrow. And I was like, I'm going to get in the zone. I'm going to get in the zone. And then a few weeks later, it was my first um, outing after the surgery. I went to, I hosted a podcast uh, at Estee Lauder Companies and Elizabeth Hurdy was on the panel and I had my picture taken with her. And if anyone's listening to this and they've got a spare five minutes, I dare you try and find a bad picture of Elizabeth Hurdy on the internet. Doesn't exist. No, trust me. She in the flesh, she is just perfection, but she photographs like an absolute dream as well. And I had my picture taken with her. And there was a picture that was taken by somebody. It was a candid, actually. It wasn't even the official oh, photography. Because no. I know how to like stand up straight and t- and like bend my leg and pop my hip for like a proper picture with a photographer. But this was taken by someone. It was put on the internet and it was from the side. And I just looked like I've been shipped in to go, oh. like, to go and stand with Elizabeth. It was so embarrassing. And again, I burst into tears and I phoned my friend, Alex Light, who over here is, I'm sure some of your listeners will know who she is. She's a body acceptance activist. And I said, I, I'm in, I'm in that space. And she was, she taught me off the ledge basically. No, but I kind of, I guess that was a domino of, it was just before my 41st birthday. It was Elizabeth Hurley and it was the reduction surgery. And I just, it was, (laughs) I chose to see them as three dominoes. And I just thought, you know what? I remember the summer before I went into my lower sixth at school and you went from wearing uniform and in the lower and upper sixth, you didn't have to wear uniform. And that was kind of a big transition at school. And I remember that summer thinking, I'm not going to be a fat sixth form. I'm going to lose the weight. And I didn't. And I just thought, am I really, are we seriously over 20 years later, are you having the same conversation with yourself? Is this the thing that you're not going to be able to figure out? Because that's sad, Emma. Like that is sad. And it's not just, it wasn't just an appearance thing. It was 
about health. I was really concerned about long-term health implications. And also on some level, my relationship with food and my body was making me deeply unhappy every single day. And I didn't want to live like that. It's all, I did not have food in my home. That's insane. I did not have food in my home because I just didn't trust myself around it. And so when I spoke to Alex, she mentioned this book and it was a book called Brain Over Binge. And I bought it and I, my head was in the right place because I wanted the answer. I wanted the way out. I was tired. I was exhausted. And I just, I just thought, I don't want to be doing this at 50. And I read the book and I'm not saying the book is brilliantly written. I'm not, and actually it's very repetitive. And as I was reading it, I thought, oh, maybe this is like hypnosis, but it just made me realize that actually I had a, a, a significant eating issue, an emotional eating issue. I would, I wouldn't say I have binge eating disorder. I would say I have disordered eating with a tendency to binge, mm. uh, but enough for me to be, I mean, that, when I said earlier about it's simple, right? It's the calories thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You consume more calories than you burn off. Then those calories will be stored as fat. And I actually, in my job as a beauty journalist, I take great comfort in science. I, I don't enjoy plinky plonky beauty. I like active ingredients and I like clinical trials to show me their efficacy. So the same is true when it comes to this equation, more calories in than you burn, they, they are stored on your body. And so I just focused on putting myself in a calorie deficit, but it wasn't just about the calorie deficit, it's about getting my head right. And it was like, what are my goals? What do I want? I, and I don't want to live like this anymore. So I actually, I didn't restrict I just had smaller quantities and actually I eat more thing, bad food in inverted commas now. So mm-hmm. I will have pasta, which I never would have allowed myself before and things like that. So I have more of that now. And I got myself into, I dropped 30 pounds in five months. It happened pretty quickly, actually. Incredible. Incredible. And it was game changing. And look, I am not, I'm, I'm not toned because I was overweight for such a long time. I've got a lot of loose skin. Like mm-hmm. I've got decent muscles under these arms, but you're not going to see because there's a lot of, you know, slack skin going on, but it doesn't bother me. It doesn't mm-hmm. bother me because I've accepted it because actually, do you know why? Because every day I make good decisions. And so if this is what I've got, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. But what I couldn't live with before was feeling uncomfortable in my own skin, being overweight, having the stretch marks and knowing that it was my doing and knowing that I wasn't doing anything (laughs) to help myself. And so, yeah, I mean, I wish like when I do that and I see your arms and I see your videos on Instagram and everything, she's she's so amazing. I love you. Thank you. I put in the work too. But I also did a, like, there was some bad, you know, my, my arms are never going to be tight unless I get that radio frequency. Which I'm like, I don't know about never. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> we just, if we, if, the, the, okay. You just laid out so much. I mean, first of all, Emma, I mean, this is what I'm saying um, for our <laughs> listeners, for our viewers. I mean, are you guys not in awe of this woman? You were just the realness, the authenticity, the vulnerability that I always say, like, People always talk about my strength. I'm like, well, the reason why I'm so strong is because I'm so soft and because I'm, I, I embrace that softness about myself, um, with so much like reverence, you know, and love it's the masculine feminine harmony, but you know, this, so let me, let me kind of point out a couple of things. Um, when you talk about like being embarrassed, like the science and I don't 
think you know this about me, but when I was, um, and I'm going to be kind of quick about this just because I want more time with you speaking, but when I was 17, right. So like I was an athlete for the larger part of my life, younger years, competitive runner, wanted to be an Olympian. Flojo was my hero. It was like the whole thing. Surfing in my teenage years, everything changed. It was all about surfing. I cared about nothing else, literally. Um, I've always been into martial arts. Uh, I I was um, doing Taekwondo in in my teenage years. And when I was 16 or 17, I can't remember exactly what it was, um, but I I blew out my knee. I, I did this really epic kick and it ended up tearing my ACL. And I couldn't walk for a few days and I didn't have insurance and I didn't go to the doctor. And then after a few days, I was able to walk on it again. So I didn't know that I tore my ACL. So I started surfing, skateboarding, doing the whole thing. Fast forward a couple months later, literally just getting up in the middle of the night to open the door my mom knocking and boom, my, my meniscus tore and got stuck between my joint. So now I have a, a torn ACL and a torn meniscus and I was in the most pain. I mean, when I tore the ACL, that was gnarly pain. But when I, when the meniscus got stuck, mm. I, it was like, I, I, I can't even describe it. I had to go to the hospital and this is what happened. So I never, I, I don't know if you, my, if you see my brothers, like you'll see my genes, right. Where we are mesomorphs. We can put on muscle really easy. Um, in fact, it used to make me really insecure because growing up in the 80s, like strong, wasn't beautiful. You know, women weren't seen like you have definition in triceps and shoulders like that. That wasn't, you know, um, applauded back then. Right. Move into the fashion beauty industry later. Like I'm certainly like, no hangers are applauded, right. Not my body type. So now let's talk about my diet where I, again, we, there wasn't almond milk when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we're the same age essentially. So, you know, right. So I never had, I had a six pack for the you know better part of my life up until I get injured. I'm on mm-hmm. the American diet for the most part, which is it just, it's sad. Right. And uh, now I'm stuck in my bed. And the active girl that I am can't move. And I just have to deal with, and I had, I ended up having three surgeries. Um, and over the course of, of those, you know, handful of years, you know, I, I gained weight. Fortunately, I gained it all over. Very happy about that. But I still, I, I, I was not in my true optimized body composition. The pain that I lived through for over a decade until I started to really respect the science and learn about the science. Right. I tried it all. I tried master plans. Like, so what, I, I'm saying this to you too, because when you talk about like, it's almost embarrassing. I being the nutrigenomics neurobiology, total science geek, I can look back and be embarrassed. Like, Oh, my brothers were telling me rocks the fucking weights. I didn't eat meat. Like the answers were being handed to me from my brothers who were competitive bodybuilders. Like they have the, and I was just like on some whole other trip, like essentially looking for the magic pill. Right. I was so desperate, like in my twenties, you know, essentially like, or, um, especially. And so long story long, you know, the pain would end up being the catalyst, uh, to discovering my deep passions around optimizing health, 
well-being. And really it's, I, I never, you know, I, I never settled. I was certainly mean to myself. Uh, I have over almost 30 years of writing to, to show this, which comes as a surprise to a lot of people who learn this about me. Um, but you know, in those, especially in the, the decade of my twenties, while I was really trying to sift and sort and go like figure it out, like it was so all consuming and it was so mm. not fun. And so I'm saying this to share it with you because it's so, then when I said to you, we have more in common than you realize, like, it was just, I feel you. And, um, it, I, I am like so empathetic to what you were going through, even though it was different, but like still lives in the same kind of, I never had, you know, I didn't have any kind of binge or any kind of those, but I didn't mm. have a healthy relationship with food because it was, it was a lot of that, like, you know, um, you know, just kind of looking at food is like, you're not either you're not necessarily taking me closer to my goal, but I also, yeah, it's weird. Sorry. I'm going in a rabbit hole, but all of this to just put, go ahead. What are you going to say? No, I was just going to say, it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes when you eat the, the last thing you think about is whether you're hungry. The thing you think about is, um, do I want a glass of wine? Cause I had a difficult day. Do I want a pizza? Cause I just want to I, I actually just want to feel heavy and slow down. It, like a lot of it is because you're trying to counter a negative feeling. And I think that comes back to what you're always saying. And you always say it so brilliantly. Like if you've got, if you've got yourself, then you don't need the external validation. I think for me, I don't know if it was the same for you, but it was, I think food provided me with some form of validation, just made it, it made me feel good. And actually that's something I should be able to do for myself. Not, I shouldn't be delegating that to a deep pan pizza. <laughs> I love you. Right. <laughs> it's so true. No, it's so true. I think, you know, for me, it was always this kind of battle of like knowing, knowing who I am, knowing what my, my optimal body composition Look, I'm not being mean, but I just was living in a lower vibration of myself, you know? And, and so, you know, when I really, when it clicked for me again, it was like, and this is like when you, you know, I start fighting for myself, it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to start really learning about, you know, rather than looking at the, the, I love how you call the glossy magazine. It's like, oh, this celebrity's workout. And it's please, please with that right I now. Know, okay. I, know, I, know. I can't, it makes me, you know, but I, but I went for it, you know, until I started to really dig in and go, what's, what are my fucking goals here? My goal is who am I? I'm an athlete. I'm a strong woman. And I want to feel that strength. I started focusing on strength. This is where I started lifting real weights because the mm -hmm. thing for me, Emma was, I was so, I already had so much muscle definition. Uh, but when I gained all that weight, there's layers over it. So now I'm looked at, I look at myself as I'm bulky. Okay. That fucking word. And then mm -hmm. you get these trainers and I fell for it who are like, Never pick up more than three pound weights because, you know, you want teeny tiny dancer arms. High reps, and Roxy, I high reps. <laughs> I, and this is one of the, like, I'm so passionate about talking about this on the podcast because there's just so many. I know there's still, it's still a thing. And we're like, we're moving past it gratefully. And I'm really grateful for 
I think, you know, a lot of the younger girls coming up because it's like, fuck, I don't want you to go through that. You know, like, especially if you are someone, you know, where you have strength and you, you know, like own that, you know, um, it's, it's, I never used to be the girl flexing. I used to hide the flex mm-hmm. because my feminine yeah, yeah, yeah. was so dominant in me that when guys were like, oh, you're ripped or flex, I'd be like, stop this is not how you compliment a woman, you know, and now just like part of my brand is flexing. But anyways, we're in the trenches here. Um, let's, I want to bring it all back to you. And, and I want to talk about your self-talk specifically because in my world, self-talk, the power of it, uh, whether it's high vibe or low vibe, the power of it really is shaping what you believe about yourself and how you're moving yourself through your life. So if we can kind of go back into Emma's world, you know, and that shift that started to take place when you were, you know, coming home to yourself and started to do that work, what happened in your self-talk and like, where do you live? Where is your self-talk now? That's a really good question. And I think it, it's just asking myself what I want. Have you seen the notebook? Of course. That's weird that you say that. I just thought of it yesterday, randomly. So you know that scene where she goes back to the house and he's he's screaming at her, what do you want? What do you want? That's sometimes what I do to myself. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? And I ask myself that sometimes because it can, there, there can be days where there's like a struggle or it's like I suddenly feel out of whack is the best way of describing it. I don't know if that's too English, but it's just, I feel not uh, calibrated at all. And I, it's the day when I'll like walk from the kitchen to the bedroom. I work from home and like, I'm put, and I'm like, right, I'm not stopping anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm walking into rooms and I've forgotten why I've gone in there. What do I, what do you want? What do you want? And I do my Ryan Gosling impression of myself. And a lot of the time, honestly, and I think that is really helpful because actually a lot of the time it's, you need to sit down for 10 minutes and just slow down. You're, you're whirling, you're freewheeling. You're going into this kind of... And it's loud and it's noisy and it's not, it's not good. You need to slow down. Or it'll be some days where I'll think you need to go for a walk. And it sounds really daft, but you know, when you're a kid and you're in school and the teachers teach you what all the different trees are and after, and you don't really think about it, but you're like, why do I need to know what all the different trees are? But they make a big deal about what's a sycamore, what's an oak, what's a birch. I now walk through, I live really near a park. And if I'm ever feeling like I'm losing it a bit, I go for a walk and I just walk and I just go oak, sycamore, and I just identify the trees. And it's it's a really good way of getting out of your head and not getting out of your head and away from yourself, but getting out of your head and getting closer to to cancelling out the noise. Not that everyone needs to go to a park to do it. So I think very much it was, I had always wondered, I'd always worried about what other people wanted, what other people needed, what other people thought of me. And I guess coming home was worrying about what I thought about myself, worrying about what I needed and worrying about the things that I could, I could do to make my situation better. And I guess that was a big domino that I've never really attached to Elizabeth Hurley, all of the the breast production, everything. But I think that was a really big domino. I don't know whether I would have ever been brave enough or would ever have been able to own the fact that I was misusing food because that's a really hard confronting thing. I know we've talked about it quite easily on here as if it's just something that can happen. And I'm always really mindful of people because I was the person who would listen to people talk about, oh, it just clicked. And then the weight fell off. And 
you want that so badly for yourself if you're in that situation and you kind of then hate the people who say it as if it was so easy. It was not easy. It was about making a decision every single day towards what I wanted and what my goal was. If you have a goal, set it and take a step every single day. Even if some days that that is a day where you say, today I can't do it because today I'm tired or today it's just not possible. Doesn't mean I have to do double tomorrow. It just means that I didn't take a step today, but I'll take a step tomorrow. Progress is just, it's putting one foot in front of the other. It's you keep, keep taking those steps and progress will come your way. It's like, um, what is it? Consistent effort over time equals results. That's the science. And you mentioned a minute ago about the magic bullet. And it would be so easy to think there's a magic bullet with overcoming your mental health, overcoming weight issues, whatever. It's not the magic bullet is a slow release bullet. It's a slow release pill. It is consistent effort over time gets you to your results. And it's not sexy. And I can't make, I can't put price tag on that and make myself a billionaire and be talking to you from my, I don't know, heli carrier. But that is the truth of it. And that's just, and that's what I really try to do with the podcast as well. It's like information is power. Using that information wisely is so empowering. And yeah, it's just, it's consistent effort over time equals results. Women, you are just sensational. I literally, I call the magic pill consistency. I always, <laughs> that's literally what, and, and, and you know what? I do think it's sexy because of this reason. Because who you become in that practice is fucking badass. Yes. Yes. Because actually, do you know what? It was funny. I had this really amazing trainer called Emma Story Gordon on the show recently. And she she talks about that. She's like, it's just consistency. But my God, that process is amazing. Putting in that effort every single day. That's where the real growth happens. Enjoy the journey. My goodness. I mean, that's that's self-love. Self-love is doing the shit you don't feel like doing, but you know, you got to do because it's, it it is what's going to, um, you know, fortify you and expand you and, and keep you on the path that matters to you. Right. And, and, and it's also saying like, I'm worth this. I'm worth, I say this, I think maybe I said it to you before, but like, I'm worth the battle and the victory. It's not just about fucking the victory. (laughs) I love you. I am, I am worth the battle and the victory. And you know what? I think if anyone's listening to this and they don't think they've got fight in them, my God, you do. Because I never thought I had fight in myself. And I remember I'm I'm not into I'm not into crystal healing and and that I, like I said, I love science. There, don't get me wrong. Crystals behind me. <laughs> yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I think they can be great if you believe in. What I don't want to do is delegate my future to a crystal. Like they I can love have that. A, like, do you know, I totally yes. get why people enjoy them. And I don't want to take that away from anybody ever. But what, when I hear people say, I'm charging my, it's a full moon tonight in the UK. Uh, I'm charging my crystals tonight and I'm going to, what's the word? I'm going to charge them with my intention. And my intention is to lose weight. I'm like, mm, okay, if that's what you need to support, absolutely. I, I am going to let you have that, but let's not forget about the other thing that you have to do. And the reason I say that is because I was the person who would have just rubbed my crystal and gone, <laughs> having dropped a dress size. I would never have done the work because I would have wanted the crystal to do everything. 
because I wanted to believe in magic. That's so I'm not being de- I'm not being derisory. I hope oh you don't think. God. I love it. So no, you were being you this is badass because because I I you don't know how I, I connect with this so much because listen, what do I, I I'm here always in support of empowering, you know, individuals, specifically in coaching. It, it's it's you know, women when we are giving our power away to whether it's the crystal, whatever it is, it's, it's steering you away from your internal power and your responsibility and your effectiveness in this process towards achievement. So no, I totally get it. And I love it so much. But like I say, I've got, I've got some crystals in the other room, but if someone (laughs) likes to wear there's a crystal like, in your bra right now. <laughs> no, I was going to say, if someone wants to wear a rose, wear their bra and have a bit of rose quartz in their bra, if that makes them feel happy and more comfortable walking out of the house, I'm not taking that out of, I'm not taking that away from you. I'm with you, I sister. Really, really I've, got, I've got rose quartz in my bra. <laughs> rose quartz in my bra. I don't. <laughs> just, just as long as you haven't got anything put anywhere that it shouldn't be. <laughs> Subjective. I I do. I do draw the line at yoni eggs. I'm sorry, but that's just a bacterial (laughs) infection waiting to happen. Um, I'm with you. um, I I totally lost my train of thought because we're now crystals. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, you just you're so fun. No, I think. um, Yeah, we were talking about you know your your the the incredible guest, the trainer, and just. It, it is that power of, you know, um, of who you become in this journey, in this process. And it's, it's essentially, you know, I'll kind of reel it back to, you know, the, the driving message here of just, you know, when you said, uh, to our listeners and viewers, if you don't think you have fight in you, you know, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised you do. And I, I'm firm. I, I firmly agree with that because, but you have to dig and this yeah. is where self-worth you have to feel like you're fucking worthy. Mm-hmm. And start small and then you build off of it. Right. And I feel like that's been so much of your journey, you know, and, and it still is for me too. Yeah. And I think, um, I remember years ago, like not feeling great about myself, but I remember opening up okay magazine when I was, um, on my journalism course. Um, and because they, we were asked like, what would be your dream job? And I said, Oh, I'd want that job. And I opened up the magazine and there was a picture of a love, a friend now, Ali Wick, who was the beauty editor of okay. And I said, I'd really love that job. And I remember thinking like, we're no different apart from the fact I probably did think she's thin and I'm fat, but I probably did. I probably did. I just thought there's no reason if we, if I've got this, if I get this qualification, if I get this, there's no reason why I can't have that job. I mean, you, I mean, nepotism aside, you don't know what how people get their jobs or anything like that. But I, there was a part of me that thought, well, if she can do it, I can do it. So I always think, I always think that some people have reserves they don't necessarily realize, and they might be saying things to themselves that actually, when you slow it down and maybe say it again or write it down, you realize there's a lot of strength within you. You're maybe just not knowing how to move forward with that, or you can't necessarily it takes a while to really lean into it. And that's what the thing about sort of delegating to other things, like if you're delegating to somebody else to tell you how to live your life, if, if you're expecting someone else to do it for you, or you're paying a guru to write you a, an amazing newsletter every month, and that's what steers you forward, like fine, but, but it does come from you. And it is there, it is there. And I 
distinctly remember um, when I was saying about not being too spiritual or spiritual is not the right word, but when I was at my lowest, I went and had Reiki. Well, I actually had a massage with an incredible um, sports massage therapist, but in her training, in her work, she says that she picks up energy from people. And so she'll, if you're open to it, she'll have a conversation with you. And I went to see her for a sports massage and she just said, look, I don't know what's gone on, but you are empty. You have been drained. She's like, the vibe I'm getting is that you have been drained and it's not you. Other people have drained you. And now you need your energy and it's not there. You need to pick yourself up the ground off the ground because you've picked other people up and you've kept other people up for a long time. And you now for the first time ever want that for you. And you don't have you don't have the fuel. And so that was what that was that actually stays with me because I do think that's what that was what happened. And it was about basically very slowly refueling myself. And that was by doing the work. That was by going to therapy and slowing down was a big, big part of that. And I I remember I was like, just before it all kind of kicked off and I did break down, I was feeling so uncomfortable in my own body that I stopped doing cardio because I still like my running. And I was going to the gym and I was lifting, but I was lifting really heavy, really heavy. I was like, why wow, that's right. And I remember just when I finally like acknowledged that everything was really bad, just crying and sobbing, I couldn't lift anything. Like I, when I tell you that my strength went overnight, I mean, my strength went overnight. And then about two weeks later, I thought I'm going to start walking. I'm going to start walking and just go for a walk every single day. And I remember the first time I walked around the block, I went two kilometers and I've run a half marathon before. And it was like I had done, uh, it, it was like I'd done, bud, is it bud training to be a seal? I was exhausted yeah. after doing two kilometers, walking pretty slowly. I was, I sweated through my gym gear entirely. Like that's how bad it was. But by slowing down, by putting, I walked those two kilometers every single day. And then it went to two and a half. And then it went to three. And I built up slowly. And I got myself back. I, I, I wouldn't say I got myself back because it wasn't like I ever lost myself. I never really had done the work. So it was like my first time. You know, there's something that I just, I wrote, I haven't put out yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to expose it here before it goes out on Instagram. Um, because I think, you know, I've been writing my whole life, right? And so mm. I, you know, but I have different tones and I loved it. This came to me yesterday. Um, you know, knowing when to strike is a skill. Knowing when to surrender is an art. Strike equals action. Mm -hmm. Surrender equals flow, right? Mm -hmm. Like just let go and flow. And it is an art, especially when you are, you, you have to feel safe to let go. You have to, and there, and think about that. Like there's so, you have to trust you have to have courage. You have to have confidence to say, you know what? Hands off the fucking wheel right now. Like, let me just, let me just exhale. Let me just allow. Let me see what happens from this, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much power because it's so scary. It's easier to grip. But we know that when we are gripping, when we're in this constant, how I frame it is like the masculine dominance of, you know, like if I don't hold on, I'm, so I'm going to fall apart or, th- you know, and it, it leads to rigidness. It leads to, in fact, I feel like it, it, this, it makes you fragile. 
it's, you're just easily shattered. An insult can shatter you. Mm. This is why softness and that allowance is so, is so strong and powerful. You know, something soft can take a hit and come back stronger. Um, so anyways, that was like a lot of poetry right there that I just fucking laid out, but it's like, <laughs> it just happened, but it was, you know, it was, it, it came to me because of, of what you just shared and the power in that. And I think it's so important to really emphasize that to, to our listeners and to our viewers of like, you know, is this a moment in your life where you need to exhale, where you need to, you know, take your foot off, off, off the gas. It doesn't even mean push the brake. It's just taking your foot off the gas. And allowing that space and that allowance to come through in your life. And because obviously, you know, like from your example, and I know in my own life too, what comes from that is so not, it's so powerful, but it's also so essential, right? Yeah. 100%, 100%. I think, yeah, like you say, if you, you can make yourself brittle. And when I was growing up, my brother used to what I mean my brother's into martial arts as well and he used to love the film Dune which is being remade and is uh, in the cinema soon and so I'd occasionally like walk into the living room when he was watching it and I didn't get it because it was sci-fi and I didn't really understand it but there was this scene where there's a fight and I think they're training someone's training someone else to fight and he says bend like a reed in the wind and so every now and again I like say that to my brother to just wind him up if he's being stressed or tense I'm like bend like a reed in the wind Gavin but um it's true I think if you grip onto things too tightly and it, and I know there's this whole kind of uh observation about toxic positivity which I think is uh the same it's like the to- toxic positivity you're gripping onto something too tightly with toxic neg- negativity the same is true but I think every time you feel Every time I feel as though I'm gripping onto something too tightly, I will literally let go. Whether it's work, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a relationship, whether it's anything, it's like I'm stressed. I'm thinking about this too much. I'm giving this so much real estate in my mind, my body, and my soul that I'm suffocating it. I'm 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 not nurturing it. I'm not bringing it into my life in a great way. I'm bringing it into my life in quite a sort of toxic way because I'm just grabbing it let it go and see what happens. And sometimes you let it go and it makes space for something even better or for something that will serve you in a more positive way. And other times it will be the right thing. You just need it to release your grip a bit and let it get comfortable. I just got this download that you're going to write a book. And I just had to say that out loud. You heard it here first. (laughs) Oh, and I'm, I'm here for it, girl. And I can't wait to push it out and promote it. It just came to me just saying, <laughs> well, do you know what? It's funny you should say that because, um, that, that is on the table and at the moment, I mean, you know what it's like, right. Uh, creating podcasts. It's, it's work. And yes. I create three episodes a week and I do not intend to stop. And I have bigger plans. Like there are more things that I want to be creating. And I started writing a proposal for a book recently. And I had a conversation like it, it's legit. And um, I was chatting to a friend who's a very successful author. And I said, I just can't get my, like, I feel like I'm being really lazy. I'm literally sitting at the laptop on a Sunday and I'm making my notes for this. I just don't have, I don't have the bandwidth for it. What's wrong with me? I really want to do this. I feel really passionate about this. And actually the genesis of the book, and I might have to talk to you about this offline, but somebody essentially implied to me that I didn't, I hadn't accepted myself. The fact that I chose to lose weight over accepting myself bigger means that I still wow. have a lot of work to do. And I took exception to that. 
Wow. That's, I, I have a lot of things I can say about <laughs> that. <laughs> and so, and so the book I want to write actually changed from being one about self-sabotage to being one about about weight and what it can mean. And if you do, like, I know in today's modern world, actually, it can be quite contentious and controversial to talk about wanting to lose weight. But Mm -hmm. I think that was where my head was for such a long time. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to lose weight. And I'm sure there are lots of other people who still feel the same way. I know other people are on different journeys, but I wanted to write something for that person and try if I can to help to sort of plot out what I did and speak to the relevant people to try and help people have the dominoes that I had because life is more comfortable now. It's not just because of the weight loss, although physically what I'm able to do physically is obviously different and I my perception is better, but mentally and emotionally, it's that thing I was saying to you, I don't have the perfect body, trust and believe. I'm like a 43-year-old woman who would be a before picture if I was on a bikini makeover in women's health. However, I accept that because I put in a lot of work and I'm proud of this imperfect body. So I'm, I, I won't beat myself up about it in the way that I used to beat myself up about it. Well, I think there's so much power in writing a book with that message. I think your specific voice in it is really important because it's so authentic and it's so heartfelt and empathetic. And I think that that really would be so serving to the readers. Um, And I I just want to, I'm just going to say this and then I'm going to move us forward. (laughs) You know, I know I said this to you and it's funny because I'm going to be posting a little clip from my podcast with you recently where I talked about this. you know, I don't think it's accepting of self. I think you're in a place of fucking ownership and there's an um, energetic difference. When you accept yourself, it's like, this is what I got. But when you own yourself, you're like, this is who I am. I mm-hmm. love who I am. And I, I, I don't mean, I mean, listen, I'm a logophile. I pick on words because words are an experience. They're an experience that we're giving to ourselves and to others. So, you know, I can get a lot of shit for this. It's like, but that's fine. I don't care. I think acceptance is level one level pro is I fucking own myself. And that's like, so there's value in the acceptance piece. I'm not trying to diminish it or say, you know, anything like that, but I'm saying when you dig deeper, when you keep moving yourself through that process of acceptance and you fortify and you, you come deeper, you know, home to self. Now you're in a place of fucking ownership. And this is empowerment. So I feel like that's where you're living and, and continuing to expand it to fortify. And so I feel that that even that goes into this beautiful book that I can't wait for you to write and share. And you see, I felt it. I know it. You have to, you, you have to. <laughs> I just so, have to find the time. I just have to find the yeah. time. I mean, three episodes is gnarly. You know, I don't even, I don't know how you're doing that. Um, you are a force, uh, but I think when you're in deep purpose, you know, I mean, I, I think it fuels you and listen, I am so grateful that, you know, um, it's obviously later for you over there in the UK and I want to be mindful of, of your time and, and, and ask you to come back on again. I mean, I just, I just adore you truly. I, I mean that with Same. all of my, think, I feel that. And it's, it's, yeah. It's the funniest thing. And I, people say, oh, do you have, has podcasting been really difficult over the pandemic with doing it via Zoom? 
And it's funny because I think some of the connections I've made, and when we spoke, when you came on the show, I was, it was almost like a little immediately swapping numbers, just like, it was just, there was a definite connection of, you know, when you yes. know that you're meant to meet someone. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I truly, I, I, and again, listen, I'm warm, I'm friendly and I love, you know, getting to know many people and expand. And one of the greatest things about the podcast is just how it's expanded my network with brilliant minds. But, you know, there's people that I feel like no, I want to share more intimate parts of myself with you. And I want to know more intimate parts of mm. you. And that is not something that I'm an introvert. Like I, <laughs> I really have a small circle and I kind of stick to that. But so when I do feel that though, this is the thing about me is like, I go, you know, I make mm. it very clear and I, you know, made it clear to you, like, girl, I want to be girls. And so I know where you live, you live across the pond and, you know, and the world is crazy right now, but I know we're going to have real life experiences together yeah, yeah. and I'm all in to make that happen. Um, and until then tons of virtual. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. I know you've always, you've been so complimentary about what I do, but I mean, I feel you're exactly the, the same. Everything that you say to me, which I am receiving as compliment, I feel like I could echo it all back at you because I know that you have a purpose. I know that you found it. I know that you have these intentions to really help and also to be a great version of yourself. You're not just at level pro, you're at like level, I don't know, pro 2.0. Um, <laughs> and it's, and I love it. And it's, and it's, it's wonderful to see like, to see you on social media, which is where we engage, I guess, the most, because obviously we watch everything that the other person does. I don't think you must, you can't underestimate the, um, how motivating that is. Like even when I watch your stories, like if I'm not having a great day and I see you like pushing yourself or doing great things, I'm like, yeah, okay. And I, I'm, I'm moved. I'm up. I'm doing something. So you do great thank stuff you. too, my friend. Well, thank you for sharing that. I receive. <laughs> I receive. Um, okay, so let me let me ask you some final um, uh, one question that I love to ask all my guests, and then I do some rapid fire words if that's okay. Sure. You, you could be rapid in your response or not. You can elaborate. It's up to you. Um, so we'll start with the magic wand question. If you had a magic wand, Emma, and I know you do, um, <laughs> and you could give the masses one positive habit that would have a very large positive ripple uh, effect in their life, what would it be and why? Oh, this is, this is a ridiculous one considering how we're speaking and the media that we create. But I wonder if my magic wand would be to have never invented the internet. No, then where would we, how would I have found you? <laughs> no, I know, I know. But I've just read a book by a guy called Adam Alter about tech addiction. And mm. it's it's really, to be honest, okay, maybe, okay, no, we need the internet. Okay, let's, let me talk about social media. Because, okay. um, yeah, there's an interesting book coming out next year about how our retention spans have been fundamentally changed by social media and how we're basically like goldfish now. And, but also we know that social media platforms uh, know that if they make us angry, anxious, upset, that we will stay on there within their wraps longer. And so we are fed things that make us angry, anxious, and upset. And it filters out into the real world because uh, if you, 
if you go out into the real world, I'm elaborating, but um, yeah. most people are ready for some form of conflict. If you go to the supermarket and somebody, I don't know, takes the thing that you want to buy, there's, it's more like, it's not going to be a, oh, I'm so sorry. It's, it might be stern words or cross words yeah. spoken. So I would like, the magic wand is really to eliminate the thing that makes people angry and not um, respect the fellow human. And just reading that book I referenced earlier about the one I was reading this lunchtime about it separated our consciousness and our minds, I think. And there's so much division. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you know this, but you know, Anjali Kumar, who went on a search for God and she, people were to cut a long story short, she, um, went on a search for God and she went to go and see this one particular healer and she could go as a proxy. So she started saying, if you have three wishes that you want me to say, he will, he will you know, speak to God and he will let him know that these are things that you want. And in the end, because she told so many people and they told so many people, her inbox was full of people saying what their three things that they wanted. And she said they were fundamentally all the same. It was health, happiness, and love. Yeah. And if we all fundamentally want the same things, and at the end of every email, it usually said, please don't tell anyone. But if we all as humans fundamentally want the same three things and we're not telling each other and instead we're very angry with each other, it just doesn't lead to a very nice world. So I would no. I would like, for, my magic wand would be for people to understand that we all fundamentally want the same things and we can help each other get there. And maybe less time on the social media attack. <laughs> well, you know, one step at a time, works. Well, so what can I tell you? <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, having healthy boundaries with it is so important. I think that really just supports, mm. yeah, your your magic right there. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, rapid fire words, my dear. Are you ready? Let me get. Some I am indeed. No acids. Okay. You might lose Got it. Okay. Uh, first word is love. Mm. Love is all around. I do believe that my friend wrote a book uh, um, called Conversations on Love and I read it and I thought um, a brilliant author over here called Natasha Lunn and she when I, I know her and she's quite she's very cerebral and so when I heard she'd written this book called Conversations on Love I thought honestly it's just love I don't need to be told what love is well it turned out I really did because I read that book and I realized that love is absolutely in everything love is in the teacher at school telling you that you're really good at something. It's in how your parents love you. It's in how you love your friends. It is in a gesture. It is uh, the guy at the coffee shop who remembers your order. It, it Love is absolutely everywhere. You just have to choose to see it. And if you walk out into the world every day, choosing to see everybody's actions towards you as love, you will find it. And I really, when I read that book, I absolutely fundamentally, twee as it is to say love is all around. I do believe that. Um, when I read that, I thought, yeah, it absolutely is a hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. It's tuning into it. And then you're able to, mm. to, to see it and receive it more. Right? So good. So beautiful. Um, I'll check out that book. Mm, I'll send um, you the links. <laughs> okay, please. So the next word is fear. Mm, I think we've become, well, I certainly thought fear was a good thing to live in because I thought if I'm scared all the time then I will steer my way away from danger does that make mm. sense yeah yeah so it's course. kind of like always being on heightened alert worst case scenario um mm. 
But I also think that if something scares you, you should run towards it. I had a great guy on the podcast last year called Jeff Thompson. Again, I'll send you the link to his books because he's an incredible, incredible man. And he said, if you have a trigger or if you have something that scares you, run towards it because you know what? It doesn't get bigger, it gets smaller. So good. It's so good. And so so if you live your life being scared of something, then you allow it to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the best way to face it down and make it smaller is just to run at it and be like, yeah. What do you want? (laughs) Seek the fight. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. I'm I'm with that girl. Okay. Next word is passion. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Overused, I think. I think passion, I think, I think passion is um like I remember all the jobs, job interviews I went to under my 20s where I was like, I'm so passionate about beauty. And I was like, what does that actually even mean? Um uh, and if somebody said it to me now in a job interview, I'd be like, take take five, think about what you just said. Um passion passion to me and purpose actually are kind of intertwined. I think if you have a purpose, you're probably passionate about it do you feel the same way oh it's in my brand it's my tagline passion purpose vision mm. it's it, passion is kind of how do i say like purpose is really the 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 driver um and then i think like passion comes in and just keeps that fuel yeah you know in in that in that 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 vehicle that's moving you which is purpose right mm. because hey, because when you're living in deep purpose I, it's not easy. In fact, it's going to be hard more often than not. So it's going to, there's going to be times. I mean, I know in my own life where I'm like, shit, I'm taking punches right now, but that passion, that, that love is like, yeah, but keep going, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so they do support each other. Yeah. I love that. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Next word is curiosity. Oh gosh. I want to be curious until my last breath. I think that I think there's something really unhelpful about thinking that you know it all. I think actually being curious and not, and I actually, I, my tagline on the podcast is something like I speak, this, my brother came up with this, <laughs> blaming him. It was basically, he, he said to me once we were talking about the show and he said, you speak to people who are cleverer than you and you're not afraid to look stupid. So it was like, my tagline is I speak to people who are cleverer than me so that we can learn. Um, and it really is that thing of, I feel very lucky and fortunate to have had the guests that I've had on the show. Some of them are like top of their game, experts, doctors, what have you, and being able to be, being able to walk into the conversation is that I can't meet you at your level, but what I want to do is tap into your expertise so that as many people as possible can, uh, access your genius. And that means sometimes I'm going to say, I'm sorry, what? Um, (laughs) but I think curiosity is, I love curious people. Don't you? Don't you? When you meet someone and they're curious and they want to know about you and they actually want to know, like that's that's also a really lovely thing to be on the receiving end of. I mean, a hundred percent, girl. That's what I was saying when you were asking me questions. You weren't just going through a list. I, I felt like you were genuinely curious to what was it living in my heart and my mind, you know. And I, th- I feel that, you know, like if I have a superpower, it's authenticity, not just in my operation of it, but my ability to feel it in others, you know. And I just, it, yeah, your your curiosity was so present to me, and I think it's so beautiful because as an artist, and that's what I am first and foremost. Um, you 
curiosity is, is what leads you to be this creator in life. And I firmly believe that if we are not creating, we are not living and that Mm -hmm. how we create is, is going to be in many different ways um, throughout our life. Right. You don't have to be a Picasso artist. That's not what I'm saying here. Uh, But actually what's probably the most important thing to say is that you are creating your life. So you are the artist of your life. You're also the fucking masterpiece in it. (laughs) Hopefully. Yes. Yes. But curiosity is, you know, what's going to help you to continue to, to create the masterpiece that Mm -hmm. is you and your life. So I love that. So beautiful. Next word is challenge. Challenge. Oh, as soon as you said that, I thought about the gym and I just thought that, (laughs) or just working out. I just think you set yourself a challenge and you'll get stronger. I just think a challenge is, you should always, I think, have a challenge and you shouldn't see it as a bad thing. If something is challenging, it is an opportunity to make that consistent effort over time to elicit a result. And you will come through that challenge with a new skill or a new learning. I don't think, I don't think one should be afraid of challenges. I think one should embrace them and even um, invite them into one's own orbit. One's own orbit. That's the creed in my brand. Seek the fight. Mm. Just wait. You like no? I'm 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 coming after you. Challenge. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. I, yeah, I want to know what I'm capable of. Yeah, it's like we were talking about when you're navigating the world and you're being super negative and there's loads of friction. It's like trying to like walk through a like trying to get through a mosh pit at, at a concert. Right. That's what living is like. Is like you're constantly bumping into people, getting smacked in the head. Whereas, um, yeah, if you are. I think when you're on the right path and you're choosing the right challenges, it's just like, you know, red carpet, VIP, velvet rope situation. That's how it feels in terms of movements. Like it's smooth. Yeah, no, for sure. I love that. It's smooth. You're flowing fluidity. Okay. A couple more words. Um, courage. Mm, who doesn't think of uh, the wizard of Oz when you hear courage? <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. I can see it. Yes. That yeah. lion. Oh. I think um that just makes me think about the times that I have shied away and how easy it is to avoid and actually the the courage to stand really strong and firm in your armor and be who you are and fight for what you believe in. That's what comes to mind when you say courage after the lion. i love it okay two more words uh resilience earned over time oh yeah you do yeah you earn your resilience and you and actually it's um again like i was saying in my 20s and 30s i you know i was like why isn't this happening for me it's like you haven't put the hours in you haven't put the years in and I think resilience is like, it's a, it's, um, battle scars, isn't it? It's like, they're good things to have. Um, yeah. Resilience is earned over time for sure. So good. Final word. Excellence. Oh, always be in pursuit. <laughs> always be aiming for it. Like why, why aim, like why aim for mediocre? Why aim for okay? Like, aim for excellence. And then wherever you land, you're going to be okay. 
Emma, <laughs> I wish I could just hug you right now. I'm like, I know it's gonna, you, it's gonna happen. I feel like when we do eventually meet, we'll just be like in a corner somewhere, huddled, just like, like <laughs> fist bumping. <laughs> oh my god, finishing each other's sentences. It's gonna be immense. <laughs> oh my goodness, my heart is so full. Um, thank you because it's the start of my day. So you've just totally just made it amazing. Um, where can our listeners and our viewers get dialed into you and your incredible podcast. Oh, thank you. So if you head to your favorite podcast platform, any good podcast provider will have the Emma Gunn show. So just type in the Emma Gunn show and hit that subscribe button. So you never miss one of the three episodes I publish a week. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram where, um, I'll share snippets from the podcast, but you'll also get to see a little bit more like just my life and me answering lots of Q and A's on stories. And I'm at Emma Gunn, which is at E-M-M-A-G-U-N-S. Yeah, your voice is just magical. And I'm sure you've heard that so many times, but it's like literally just so sexy. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just saying, girl. Do you like, know what's really... What? No, I was going to say, do you know what's really funny? When I was a kid, apparently I used to... I don't remember this at all, but I used to go up to my room, lock the door in on my old stereo player, like two-deck stereo tape player. I would record the weather report as John Hill's <laughs> were you like just playing with your voice just that, i think that's so really funny you know what's Tomorrow, funny it's, it's, um, rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so soothing i love it so and voice really matters to me um it's always a compliment when people say something about my i've had a, a listener tell me that she her, my voice is so soothing and she gets nervous to go to the dentist so she literally when she attends, <laughs> she'd put on my podcast to calm her down, which is such a huge compliment, especially because um, growing up as a kid, I, I I actually used to not like my voice. It's just funny that I would end up being a podcast host. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so special. But I wanted to say one thing too um, for our listeners and our viewers. So your story posts, it's so incredible. You, it's such a testament to like just how amazing you are. You've totally cultivated an incredible connection with your community. So when you ask questions, I mean, you have, I love the questions that they ask you. And I love, I always, the, the way that you respond, um, you know, just not just by way of information, but just that authenticity piece and so much heart, uh, in your messages is it's just, it's beautiful to, to witness. So I just, I really want to put emphasis on your Instagram too, because I think there's so much value in, in, in taking in your story post specifically too. So. Oh, thank you. I, yeah, I started doing that recently and I just thought, I wonder if anyone will ask any questions and the variety of questions is just so amazing. Like, where did you get that leather jacket? Uh, how do yeah. you, how did you get over your breakdown? Like it's the variety is amazing. I love the ball. <laughs> Truly. It's so good. All right, my love. Well, thank you so much. Honestly, it's to be continued. I have to have Anytime. you back on. Truly. Thank you so much. All it's right, you guys talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired, 
to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.